Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right, take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians and Philippians. Ephesians and Philippians. This is kind of a continuation, I I would say, from last week. Last week, uh, if you remember, we talked about know for yourself in the life of Jacob, how that he left his mother and father, and um, he was off on his own. He didn't know if he was going to make ends meet. He was nervous, and he was scared, and... um, he, he prayed and told God, he said, God, I want you to be my God. Uh, I'm going to follow you uh, when God revealed himself to him. And from that time on, a Jacob knew God. He had a personal relationship with him himself. That's what we're going to talk about, kind of continuing on uh, this morning. And so in Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 17, this is a prayer that Paul the Apostle prayed for the believers at Ephesus, the, the Christians there. This was part of his prayer. And he says in in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I want you to check that out. So the spirit of wisdom and the spirit uh, 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 in, in revelation or revealing Himself, God to us the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches and glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. So God here is wanting to reveal himself to us. And Paul's prayer is that we would grow in knowledge and understanding of him. Again, this is not a knowledge and understanding of facts. This is important that we get this, that it's, 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 a, it's growing in a relationship with God, knowing his hope, knowing his power, knowing his inheritance, a knowledge of him. Um, Spiritual progress or spiritual growth is not uh, a a knowledge of ourselves, but it's a knowledge of Him. It's growing in in knowing Him and growing in a relationship with Him. So now, that's Paul's prayer for believers. Now flip over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Paul says, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And we're going to back up in a second and get into the context. But I want to read this first. Paul says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. Not our suffering, His suffering. 
and being made conformable unto His death. I'm trying to make the point here that maybe Christianity um, is more about Him than about us and how that affects us, how that will help us in our growth, uh, knowing His power, the power to speak the world into existence. He has creating power. The power of uh, of His resurrection. The hope that we have over death because of His resurrection. Um, To know of His suffering and the fellowship that comes because of His suffering. Can I say this? I believe in our Christian walk. And this, this message is to believers this morning, Christians. In our Christian walk, I believe there are blocks. There are blocks to spiritual growth. Um, it's important that we grow, right? It's important that we become fruitful. And how do we become fruitful? Abide in Christ, right? But there are, there are blocks. There are things that hinder us from growing. And he, here's, two, here's two I'm just going to give to you for the sake of this message that are, that will just halt our spiritual growth um, almost immediately. And, and they kind of go hand in hand. But it's this. It's pride and it's selfishness, self-centeredness. I mean, these are deep-rooted issues in our hearts that will, that will halt our, our spiritual growth, that will stop us. Um, uh, these are two big ones. Now, now, faith is how we access God. Faith is how we, uh, faith is how we come to God. This may be this this morning. This may be more of a Bible study. We're going to turn to a lot of scriptures. So Romans chapter five, Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five and verse one. Romans five and verse one. Therefore, being justified. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's because of Christ that we have peace with God, but we put our faith, we, we look to Christ. We look to Him. That's how we have access to God. Verse 2, by whom, all, or by whom also we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we have access to God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. We have access to God's grace. How? By faith. Okay? So we can come to God. This is a, this is a profound thing. I, this is a profound thing that we have a God that will fellowship with us, that will speak to us, and that knows us and actually wants to. He wants us. He draws him to himself. I know sometimes in, in United States it seems like we've heard these things so much. But you know what is an awesome thing? Is to go into a village out in the middle of nowhere in India. And stand in front of 200 people. And tell them the first time they've ever heard this. That the God that created them. And the God that gave them life. And gives them the breath in their lungs knows them and wants to have a relationship with them. That they can talk to him and that he will reveal himself to them. Um, this, is, this is just world changing to them. And it should be world changing to us that we have a God that we can access. 
His grace by faith. But there's, there's blocks to that. There's hindrances to that. And I already mentioned them. Pride, selfishness. The Bible says this in James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Like we can access as much grace as we want. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. So how do we get the grace? Humble ourselves. We had a whole message on this several weeks ago. We humble ourselves before God. There's all kinds of pride. Pride's that tricky thing. There's human pride. There's, there's all kinds of pride. There's even religious pride. That is really, we fall into this trap. I fall into this trap. Religious pride. Where we think we know more or something like that. We don't. But here's another one. Is we cannot come in self. So Hebrews 11.6 says this. And by the way, this is where the title of the message comes from this morning. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. I, I stopped right there for a second. And, and you could say a lot of things. Like, like, without faith, it is impossible to have eternal life. You could, go, you could go on. Without faith, it's impossible for forgiveness. Without faith, it's in, without faith, it's impossible to have any spiritual life. You could go on with those without faith. But he says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God... Again, don't just read over that quickly. The fact that we can come to God is awesome. He that cometh to God must... Believe that He is. And, here's the good part. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Here's the message this morning. Here's the title. Diligently seeking Him. Diligently seeking Him. I believe that when you're saved, you're born again, you have everything in you at that moment of salvation. You're a full a new creature in Christ. You, you have everything possible. But there are things that hinder our spiritual growth. Amen. And there is an intentional, diligently seeking Him. There's a part where we have to say, I'm after God. Like, I want more of Him. I want to know Him. Not I want to be super spiritual. Not I want a position of, of honor in the church. None of that. That's all the pride stuff. That stuff we actually have to throw out. It is, I want to know Him. I want to know Him. He that cometh to God must believe that He is. What do we have to believe? That He is. He is what He says He is. He is what He says He is in His Word. Jesus said to to those, I and my Father are one. They didn't believe it, so they couldn't come to Him. Um, It's no coincidence that our Bible starts this way. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. He that cometh to God must believe that He is what? Creator. I mean, that's just, it's like, it's no, no like coincidence. That's how He starts. So we, we, we diligently seek Him and He is the reward. What is our reward? What is our reward? Our reward is Him. Abraham, a man of faith, says this. Uh, the Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, 
saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. Our reward in our Christian life is Him. Knowing Him, our fellowship. That's why Paul the Apostle says, that I may know Him. To lay hold. It's a picture of, of grabbing onto. Now, we don't have to grab onto God for our salvation. He's holding us. We're secure in that. By faith, we don't have to hold on to be saved. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about growing. Growing in our walk and relationship with Him is, an, is, is a matter of knowing him. And that's our reward. Um, we must empty ourselves of pride and selfishness and come to Him. And there is a... Here's the part that maybe a lot of Christians today uh, don't think about or isn't mentioned a lot. But the Christian life is, is a quiet discipline of pursuing God. It's, a, it, it, it's not a, always the hype and the stuff. It is a quiet, personal pursuit of God that happens many times in the valleys. And I guess it happens in the valleys is because that's when, I, that's when God gets our attention that we need Him so much. But it is that. That, that turning. And when I talk about faith and activating our faith and, and trying to eliminate empty ourself of self, rejecting the pride in our life. I'm talking about... See, faith in itself is, is, is nothing. I mean, we're not talking about faith just as faith. Faith, faith it, what makes faith what it is, is the object in which it looks at. Is that, what, what makes faith work is what we put our faith in, not the faith in just faith. It's that we are looking to Christ. It's that it, it, He is the uh, is our is what we seek. It's Him. It's our turning our focus off of maybe self to Christ. That's faith. Putting our faith and trust in Him. He is what He says He is. Let's use last week. We used Jacob as an example. I want to use Paul as an example on this Christian growth because when Paul says this, let me just stop for a second. When Paul says this. In Philippians chapter 3, he's been walking with the Lord for a long time. 30 some years. I mean, he is, he knows, in our, he wrote most of the New Testament at this point. I mean, a lot of the scripture. And he still says, I want to know him. I want to grow. Look, look with me. Go back to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Now we're backing up from that verse 10 where he said that I may know him. Let's back up. Verse, verse 3 of chapter 3. For we are the circumcision. He's talking about the Jewish people which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now he's talking about believing Jewish people. Though I might have confidence in the flesh. If any other man think that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. So Paul says at this given time, at this place in history, if there was a religious group of people that could say, I've got it figured out, I'm the top of the game, I know what's going on, Paul said, that was me. That was me. 
He said, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. Paul says, at this point in time of my life, when this took place, he said, I was a Pharisee, but not just a Pharisee. I was the head of the Pharisees. He said, touching the law concerning religious uh, religion, he said, I was, I was righteous. In religion, I was righteous. Uh, concerning the law, he said, I was blameless. He's talking about reasons that he had to be proud. Hold your finger there. I want you to look at something. And turn to Romans 10. Romans 10. Paul's history makes sense as a religious man, as a, a studier of the law, as a lawyer. He was, he was uh, 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 advanced. He was, he was out there in his own self-righteousness. Look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. Brethren, he's talking to believers, my heart, Paul's saying, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He says, I, I want my people to, to be saved. I want my people to know God. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. He says, they're zealous. I mean, they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're, they're working hard for God. But not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So what Paul's saying here is, as he listed in, in Philippians chapter 3, I was righteous according to the law. He goes, I know what they're going through. They have lived their whole life to be good people and to, and to, and to be right, and to be right with God. But they're missing one thing. Christ's righteousness, which is by faith through grace. And he says, uh, they're going about to establish their own and they're not receiving Christ's righteousness. Therefore, their own righteousness has hindered pride, selfishness, self-righteousness, has hindered their relationship with God. That's what Paul's saying. He said, uh, verse 7, go back to Philippians chapter 3. So Paul lays out this thing, how he's so righteous, how he's so blameless, how he's so right, how he has so much according to the flesh to be confident in. Verse 7. Philippians 3 and verse 7. But what things were gained to me, Paul said, all those things I worked for, lived for, did, accomplished, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, of whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but dung, that I may, what, win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And then he says, that verse we read, that I may know Him, that I may know Him. You know what Paul's saying? I had all these reasons to be proud in myself. I was such a great religious person, blameless, perfect, according to the law. But I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know Him. And then he lists all the things he lost. 
or in other words, all the things he gave up. He said, I gave up my religion. I gave up my pride. I gave up everything that I had worked for and lived for. Why? Why did I do that? That I might win Christ. That I might know Christ. He said, I lost all those things. But then he lists in verse 8 some of the things he gained. He said, I gained a knowledge of Christ. I begin to know God. Verse 9, he said, I gained the righteousness of Christ. In other words, he gave up all his righteousness and received Christ's righteousness. He says in verse 10, I gained a fellowship with God. I gained a fellowship with Christ. He said, I had to lose some things to gain some things. In other words, there's some blocks. This is the message. There's some blocks in our spiritual life, in our spiritual walk. And sometimes they're they're our own goodness where we try to say, this is why I can access God. It's because I've done these things. I'm not as bad as so-and-so. That's why I can come to God. I'm not, as, I'm not as bad as that. I have more knowledge than anybody else. That's why I can come to God. Paul said if there was anybody that could access God because of good works and knowledge, he said it was me. But he said I lost all those things so that I could humbly and, and, and empty of self come to God. And when I did, he said, I begin to grow and know God. Let me stop you for a second. Paul, at one point in time in his life, when he was young, he thought he knew God. He, was, he, said, he said at this point, Philippians chapter 3, I have no confidence in the flesh. But there was a time in Paul's life where he had all the confidence in the world. In Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 8, rather, what is Paul doing? His name is Saul at the time. He is killing people like Stephen and hauling off men and women to prison who said they knew God in a different way than Paul did. That's what Paul did. He was hauling people away because they said, we know God a different way. And Paul said, "Uh uh-uh, I know God. And if you don't come to God my way, then I will persecute you. I will kill you. He killed Stephen. He consented to his death. He said, if you don't know the God that I know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to persecute you. And he had orders to go to Damascus to take anyone who didn't worship like he thought they should worship. Who didn't think like he thought that they did. I'm, I'm trying to get the point across. He had all the confidence in the world. You can't kill someone and not be co- in religion, in the name of God, and not be confident that you're right. I mean, and Paul thought he was right. He thought he knew God, and he thought nobody else did like he did. And on his way to Damascus, in Acts chapter 9, he got knocked off his high horse. And he hit the ground. And what what did he say? Who art thou, Lord? You know what that is? Humility. He said, I don't know you. I don't know you. And you know what the answer was? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. You know what Paul's problem was? He thought he knew God, but he didn't believe it was Jesus. He didn't believe it was Jesus. And when he met God, he introduced himself as Jesus. Right. And Paul says, what will thou have me to right. do? His life began to change. At that moment, Paul met God. He met God. That was 30... My point, I'm trying to talk about spiritual growth. That was 30-some years before he wrote that I may know him. What my point was is Paul spent the rest of his life... It, it, it's like this. You may meet someone one time. 
You've got to think of this like a person. God is a person. Jesus Christ is a person. And you may meet someone one time and, and say, I know them. I met them. You meet someone at salvation. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you meet. But you don't know you don't know them upon just meeting them. I mean, you know them, but you don't know them close relationship. That's what our Christian growth is. It's growing in our knowledge of, of the Lord. Growing in Him. Growing in our fellowship with Him. He says, so Paul spends his life trying to grow close to the Lord. And he's nervous and he's cautious of those who fall away from Christ as center. Take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 1. I told you this was going to be a little more of a study and a lot of scripture turning. Galatians chapter 1. Paul now, in his ministry, as he knows Christ, he humbly prays, as we read in Ephesians 1, he humbly prays for other believers, not that they'd be better Christians in our minds, not that they would be this or that or whatever we think is good. What was his prayer? That they would know God. Galatians chapter 1. This is the theme of Galatians here. The theme of Galatians is this. Kind of. The believers received Jesus Christ by grace through faith. They came in, they preached the gospel to them, and they received it. But then, as they continued on, and as they were influenced by other Judaism, they began to add works to their salvation. In other words... I've got to do this in order to stay right with God. Yeah. I've got to do this in order to even be stay safe. And they started adding these things to salvation. So he writes a whole letter like saying, the same way that you accepted Christ by grace through faith is the same way that you grow in Christ right. by grace through faith. That's what Paul's letter is here in Galatians. But he starts like this. Galatians chapter 1 and verse, well, let's start in verse 3. It's all good. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I just want to point this out. Almost all of Paul's letters to the churches, other than Philippians, he had to straighten something out doctrinally. Like in Corinth and Galilee and these places. He had some things to straighten out doctrinally. And he did it so kindly and so graciously and so lovingly. I mean, he, he addressed the issue like in Galatians. But look at how he talks. Grace and peace to you. I mean, these are folks that are going off the deep end doctrinally. And he's still very kind. That's a different person than going in and hauling them off to jail. Because they're not, they're not believing like he's believing. Because they're not doing like He's changed man. Anyhow, he goes off to say, he says, Grace and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for your sins. Who gave himself for your sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So he, he greets them. Then he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him. Do you know where we go wrong in the church? Is we are removed from him. Then he addresses the doctrinal issue where they went off. But the where they went off was not the doctrinal issue, was they were removed from Christ, who is the head and Savior of the body, the church. 
He says, I'm so soon that you are removed from Him that called you into into the grace of, of Christ and to another gospel. He says, you're moving away from Christ. You're going to another gospel, which is not another. But there are some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. In other words, what he's saying here is when you move from the grace of Christ, when you move from Christ, you're moving from the gospel. See, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is centered around a person. The life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And when you move from Him, you're moving away from the gospel, His grace. A person that gave Himself for us. The gospel, listen, for us as Christians, the gospel does not end its salvation. It begins there. That's where it begins. When we accept the gospel, when we put our faith and trust in it, then it's it's a lifetime of growing in that. It's a lifetime of that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and His inheritance and His hope and His death and His suffering. It's that as we grow in Him. Personal is possible. Personal is possible for us and the Lord God. This is awesome. Um, we did not, Christianity, we did not fall in love with an ideal. We did not fall in love with some principles. We didn't. I heard this recently, um, someone say, you know, the main tenet of Christianity is do unto others as you have them do unto you. It's a golden rule. And I thought, no, it's not. That's right. Hey, this is, that's not it at all. That's a far down the line fruit of it. It's Christ and Him crucified. He died for our sins that we might be saved. It's a relationship. It is Him. It's, we didn't fall in love with principles or didn't fall in love with doctrine. We didn't. We fell in love with Him who loved us and gave Himself for us. That's what we fell in love with. Him. And, and He says, I'm, I marvel that you're so soon removed from that. The love. The relationship part of it. Only when we get the love and relationship part of it does the doctrinal parts begin to make sense and work. That's why we read His Word. We read His Word to know Him. We read His Word because who wrote it? It's not just ink on paper. It's not just head knowledge. It's the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's a God that speaks. That's what's awesome about it. It's a God that, that speaks to His people. He said, I am the shepherd and the sheep hear my voice. We read His Word because we become like the boy Samuel who says, Speak, Lord, and I serve and hear it. We come to His Word not in a religious ritual of, of saying we know Bible things. We come to His Word to meet the Word. To meet the Savior. To meet the One who died for us. Because we believe by faith that He will speak to us. And that He'll reveal Himself to us. That's why Paul said, I pray that God would give you that spirit of, of, of knowledge of knowing Him and revelation of Him. 
and understanding and to your eyes be enlightened of Him. He will never let you down. He never will. He never will. He never will let you down. It is, it is the best thing that you could ever do is have your faith in Him. Not in, in anything else. And I'm not downplaying church and religion and all that stuff. That is all part of it. That's all part of knowing Him and how we work. But it needs to be Him first and Him in the center and Him the motive for why we do what we do. God speaks to His people. Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Faith is the access to God. As we believe His Word, God's grace illuminates His Word. Faith enables our spiritual senses to function. Do you know that without faith, we are spiritually numb? Like when we're reading the Bible, it's like, uh, it's like, it's, there's a difference, isn't there? There's a difference of reading the Bible in faith and, and, and having life than just, just reading it intellectually and it just feels numb. No life. It's different from reading about God and experiencing God. That's, you, you, you know, again, I'm liking our relationship to Him as a person because He is. He came as a person. And so, there's a difference between reading about a famous person or a historical figure and knowing that. Knowing that. Like, it's, it's different. It, it's a different, whole, it changes everything. It, it, so, I'm, when I'm talking about the Bible is reading the Bible to know Him, not just to learn facts. Not just that. It's a relationship. There's a difference between knowing and reading about. I believe that we can experience God's presence through His Holy Spirit with us. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 18, While we look not at things which are seen, but things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. So, admitting that there is a God, you know, admitting that God exists is different than walking with Him. Isn't it? It's different than talking with Him. It's different than when we pray that we're praying with Him. And not just always to Him. We're, we're in fellowship with Him. It's a communion. That we think that He could answer us. You know, sometimes we pray a prayer and it's like we get everything out and when we're gone. And, and, you, and you say, I would never do that to somebody else. I would never just walk up to Herb and just lay into him everything that's on my mind and then walk away and, and never see if he has a response, especially if everything I had was, was like I, my needs. If I just laid out my needs and then walked away. You know, when we go to God in prayer, we, we go in fellowship, believing that He could speak to us. And then when we go to His Word and we read His Word, we believe that He can speak to us, that He can give it, talk to us and meet with us. It, it's a relationship and there's growth in it. I'm talking this morning about spiritual growth. I'm talking about us diligently seeking Him. Paul. 
who had written much of the New Testament at this point in time, Philippians, he's still diligently seeking Christ. In closing, turn back to Philippians chapter 3. In closing. Philippians chapter 3. Look at this, verse 12. So we've read down through this passage what he's given up to know Christ, what he's gained, that he still wants to know Christ. Verse 12, Paul says, Not as though I had already already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, (laughs) I count not myself to have apprehended, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth toward those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Can you read these words that Paul, even at the end of his life, even after he has had so much time with the Lord, years and years, he humbly says, Oh, I I haven't arrived. Like, I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm not the authority here. I'm just seeking to know the Lord. Humbly. Is it, can, you, can you hear the humility in those words? Humbly, I'm seeking God. I want to know Him. I want to grow. I want to walk with Him. I want to reach out and grab a hold of Him and grow diligently seeking Him. Why? Because He's our reward. He's calling us to fellowship with Him. You see here in Paul's life a dedication, a discipline, a determination. He's devoted not to a religion or not to anything like that. He'd already been down that road. He's devoted to a person. And in that, in his devotion to a person, he says, I want to know Him more. I want to know Him more. You know what I would say for us this morning? Let's, let's, let's hunger down in our souls, down in our hearts, to say, I want to know Him more. I want to, I want to grow. I want to fellowship with the Lord. Not an achievement. The New England primer was one of the first reading primers designed in the American colonies. Um, it became the most successful educational textbook in the 1790s, 17th century, up to the 1790s. And the children in school would have to memorize these questions and then answers. And one of the questions that the children in school then had to memorize, which would be good for today, but what was, here's the question, what is the chief end of man? What is the chief end of man? And the answer that the children would have to memorize is this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. To be able to get our contentment, our fulfillment, our, all these things from the Lord. We are created for Him and for His pleasure. Revelation 4.11 But now we, as we desire Christ, we pursue after Him. A quiet pursuit. A quiet pursuit. Think of it that way. As we pick up our Bible, as we go to Him in prayer, that it's not, those aren't religious activities. When we come to church, we're coming to glorify Him, to meet with Him, to hear 
from Him. So we would lay aside pride. We'd lay aside selfishness. We'd empty ourselves of those things. We would activate our faith by focusing on Him, looking to Him, and diligently seeking after Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.